You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. Another episode of the Art of Floating podcast, where float centers thrive. This is a weekly podcast that tells our stories of running a float center. We like to give tips on running a float center and hopefully help you improve starting and running your own. You can find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating. You can find us on Twitter at Artful Floating. And as always, you can join the conversation on the show by leaving a speak pipe on theartoffloating.com. It's the gold bar on the left side of the screen. And uh, if you click on that, you can leave us a voicemail. We'll play that on the show and uh, give our opinion on what you bring up or uh, answer any questions that you have. I am your host, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra. And uh, I am uh, without Amy and Lance today, but I'm very excited to have Shoshana on the air. I'll introduce her in just a second, but first I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Float Away. The simple act of floating in warm, salty water is the most relaxing experience on Earth. This has been Float Away's byline for more than 15 years. It's true for each of the eight different models and in all the 40 or so countries where happy customers float in Float Away float tanks. Float Away is proud of the specially equipped round pools in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where research is really putting floating on the mainstream map. You can check them out at floataway.com and find out how the company has pioneered new techniques, new shapes, and new ideas in floating. The founders, Colin and Ginny Stanwell-Smith, are world experts on every aspect of flotation technology. Floataway is a family business within the floating family. Again, you can find them at www.floataway.com. Now, to bring on my guest, Shoshana Liebner. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Um, so uh, there's uh, a lot of reasons I wanted to have you on the show. There's, I feel like you, um, you have your iron and a lot of, or a lot of irons in the fire, and uh, I, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the history of, of you, where you come from, and, and your history with floating. I want to talk about uh, magnesium research. I want to talk about the NSF, um, and I want to talk about the FTA, all, all things that you're a part of. So um, let's just go ahead and dive right in here. I'd, I want to, I want to find out. When when did you first start floating, and and then when did it really click for you that this was going to be your your life? <laughs> well, I I started floating when I was eighteen, and that was in uh, nineteen seventy three. Okay, so seventy three and seventy four. And how did you find yourself in a float tank at eighteen? Um, it was in my parents' house. Um, I left home at sixteen mm-hmm. and. Um, they asked me to babysit the dogs on a two-week vacation, uh-huh. and we had two flotation. Uh, my parents are Lee and Glenn Perry. My mom is Lee Liebner Perry. Mm-hmm. So um, they they had started uh, building um, uh, flotation tanks with the help of John mm-hmm. Lilly. Everybody knows who mm-hmm. he is, and um, Glenn is the one who started. Uh, uh, suggesting to John about Epsom salt, magnesium sulfate. So long story short, I, I used to hang out with John and Lee and Glenn wow. and um, uh, Timothy Leary. Uh, uh, I introduced Robin Williams to wow. the tank. I mean, lots of things at that time. I was a ballerina, so I danced every day, eight wow. hours a day. And I, uh, after the first time I floated, it hooked me, not because my parents were into it, but because it really worked for me. What did it so, do for you? It made me be able to dance without restriction. Oh, wow. And it allowed me 
to be able to excel in the in the dance community at, at a at a in a different way. Mm-hmm. I was uh, shy and I had a lot of issues with competition. Yeah. And when you excel quickly in a career, it makes you feel. Um, it made me feel uncomfortable that I was making other oh, people sure. feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So it, it released all that stuff that was huh. going on, and it just made me get into it better. Nice. I, I remember there's an old study on improv skill increasing uh, mm-hmm. with, with people who are floating. You would that would you say that was true for you? Just yeah, except ballet is an sure, improv. Sure, sure. Yes, with modern with creativity, absolutely. Cool. Nice. And then, and so you found yourself floating frequently. I, I floated every day for the wow. next thirty years, and that's true to this day. Well, it's um, now I'm sixty, <laughs> so I'm not floating regularly. Yeah, I didn't do the math. I'm not floating time, like yeah. that uh-huh. regularly, but um, I float yeah. definitely, but not every day. I don't sure, dance every day. Sure. Um, I I'm working now all the time, so it's harder. It's a different and, schedule. And what what do now you do for me? I, I help float centers. I sell flotation tanks. I build centers. I I help people through the health department mm. process. I work on creating research funding, and I'm in, involved with thousands of people all nice. over the world. Um, and do you sell any specific si- uh, type of float tank, or do you just bar? I I sell Samadhi uh-huh. tanks, and I've sold custom okay. design tanks. Um, I, I've created a mobile yeah. float, uh, center. Can you tell us about that? Um, I created the first, uh, uh float center to bring yeah. to Burning Man, <laughs> yeah. uh, three years ago. And it was an amazing nice. success. Super cool. Um, do you have any pictures from that? Um, I know, I know yeah. I've seen mock-ups of it. Could could you send me a few files and we'll put them up on the show notes so people can check that out? Absolutely, That'd be awesome. I think people would love that. Um, let's see here. And and at what point did you start finding yourself becoming part of the the business, not just a floater? Okay, so um, at the time when I was going to uh, Cal Arts, California uh-huh. Institute of the Arts at UCLA, um, I needed a a job to pay for stuff. <laughs> sure. It's a great Even, motivator. You know, I was studying full full time, and instead of working at restaurants, mm. which I had done earlier uh, as a waitress, I worked at the Beverly Hills Center, the five tank float center okay. in Beverly Hills that my uh-huh. parents owned, and um, which was fully it was rocking, <laughs> fully wow. booked in 1979. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, so I worked I worked there uh, a year. And then I moved to, or 78, 79, and then I moved to Manhattan where for dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of, you know, you didn't make a lot of money then mm-hmm. as a dancer, uh, only when you perform. So I'd have to, I would have had to have another sure. job. So I walked into the, the only float center there and ended up nice. managing it, um, getting Michael Hutchison mm-hmm. in. Um, couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> right. We'll put a and, link up to his book uh, as well about floating. He and let's see, met hundreds of people that were like amazingly interesting that I helped uh, kind of shift their perception mm. and and abilities wow. in their life, and that that did change That's really me. Really cool. Um, and then, how did you survive the the eighties of when floating took a hit? What what did that look like to you? 
Well, I, I left the country in 83. Mm. I moved to Italy and, um, and started helping people get uh, for dance, but on, at the same time help people get their um, float centers oh, going. Right? Okay. In Italy, there were 15 at okay. that time wow. while I was there. Um, and then things changed probably after I left in 95. Oh, okay. Um, came back to the States. But I met the people in Sweden prior to 95 before they even started their their research. Oh, interesting. Um, and so what happened in this country, I believe, is that um, everyone talks about the AIDS issue. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, there were no flotation tanks with disinfection um, systems. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, there, there weren't any gadgets on flotation tanks like lights sure. and music and <laughs> right. stuff like that. The, the, the most interesting gadgets were, were uh, really nice um, sound, um, um, what do you call it, uh, switches to hear, to let the person know in each uh, room when, when the float uh -huh. was over and they could turn on and off the pump from okay. another room. And and all these things were were were, were as gadgety as got it got. It. So okay. On the, the oh go but, ahead. So so going into into what happened. So um, I believe that the 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 backstory, if if you want to call it that, is that the people um, the the money to learn about um, health or the the grants that were given for for research dried up here in this country and moved to Sweden, moved to, uh, okay. UK because, um, they were more interested in pharmaceutical and mm. cancer drugs in this country sure. instead of in, in cure, in something that would cure people yeah, inexpensively. That's an interesting perspective. Um, back to the filtration portion of things. Um, so the original Samadhis had a filtration system attached to them. Um, they had, they had a, we had a couple, Yes, every every tank has a filtration system. Um, at some point, Glenn designed the first um, thin film UV okay. uh, as well. Um, that was like four feet oh, wow. long. It was um, quite something. But at the time that early on, there was no there was no uh, UV sure. or ozone. Sure. And we're used. using um, chlorine, bromine, hydrogen peroxide. What was Hydrogen peroxide. Okay. Interesting. I just, I. 35%. 30, yeah. I, I think about like when we opened, it felt like the wild, wild west. It still kind of feels like the wild, wild west for starting a float center. Although there are more and more restrictions on, on um, how you can open your center depending on your state or city. But um, back then, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. There's no Google. I wouldn't even know how to research these things of how to maintain your well, water. Well, there was, there was no cell yeah. phones. There was no <laughs> yeah. internet. Um, so I, I can't imagine. Well, John Lilly was a was a, a very good okay. teacher, and we would get water samples once a week. And do you think other float centers were doing that as well? Because even today, I find yeah. that there are float centers that don't maintain their water to a degree that that they should. Well, in Europe, it's 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 people run things a lot more professionally okay. because there's more scrutiny. Okay. Um, but here in in this country, I think a lot of people just want it to be easy. And it's, you know, it's not like you never clean your toilet or sure. your shower. Sure. You know, you have to clean. You have to like cleaning. 
uh, if you have a float yeah. center. Well, I don't like cleaning, but we, we hire people who like cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've worked well, a way around I, I love to clean. <laughs> I think it's very nice. zen. Nice. I don't. <laughs> um, well, uh, Glenn and Lee Perry, what, um, I don't even know what question to ask about this, but I mean, what is that like growing up with these people, the figureheads of the float community, and, and what's that like even even today? I mean, it's it's always an honor to have them on stage at the float conference. It's it's so cool to have mm-hmm. them. But what's it like for them, and what's it like for you having having them as as your parents? Well, um, I love <laughs> yeah. them. I I I hope they they're around yeah. forever. I feel really privileged mm-hmm. to know them and to be a part of this with them. Um, I think it, they have an amazing legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure did, uh, what else to say. Feel, I think they're did it, did it feel as revolutionary as looking back at, at what they've done? Did it feel at the time like they were doing something incredibly new or starting um, a trend or a whole new industry? No, not uh-huh. to me. I mean, the thing is... Uh, it wasn't a trend. It was something. It was a uh-huh. lifestyle uh-huh. for me. So I just believe. I, I saw thousands of people's thousands of lives change uh, in mm-hmm. front of me. So it it wasn't a fad. Sure. It was something essential. So like when you learn how to do something well, it's 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 a part mm-hmm. of you. It's embodied. It's, um, yeah. So it's it wasn't weird. Uh-huh. It was great. <laughs> and you're just right in the middle you of know, it. You know, it just kept going. Yeah. Um, Moving on from uh, from your history, uh, more more recent history of really making history, um, there is almost no research out there to show that magnesium is actually being absorbed uh, through your skin, and so um, and and apparently what is out there is apparently not necessarily well done research, and and I'm not very familiar with it, so I don't want to speak on it too much. But what's really exciting is that you are part of current research that's going on. It's taking place out of LIBOR, the Loria Institute for Brain Research, um, and we are going to find out if magnesium actually is absorbed um, through your skin or not, which seems obvious to everyone, but you'll never see it labeled on on a bag of Epsom salt in the store or otherwise, um, because we can't we it's not substantiated. So tell us tell us a little bit about the history of this and, and what you're looking at. Well, it's very hard to under, to know um, how much is absorbed through the skin without it being scientifically examined or uh-huh. tested. And I, it, I believe it has people have tried to do this, but since not all the I's mm. were dotted and T's were crossed, it hasn't been actually... Um, scientifically pub- okay. published into um, journals. Um, mm-hmm. Journals. So therefore, after all these years, for me, I it's been my my ongoing question: What is going on? Here I am in in this solution that feels sublime. What is really happening? Uh, everyone hears from their grandmothers, if you have a sprained foot, you know, just put your foot in Epsom salt, like things like that growing up. But now, you know, putting yourself into in a 800 pounds or more, something's yeah. going on. But yeah. since there's no science uh, yet, it was really essential for me to get that going. And it seems that, uh, it seems obvious to me that it's absorbed, but 
it seems uh, more obvious at this point that it's absorbed through the bottom mm. and through the tissue in your in your uh, around uh-huh. the anus. And and why? What leads you to believe that? Um, it's it's getting in somehow, uh-huh. and that's a, that tissue is different than than your skin. It's not as calloused. Okay. Interesting. So, um, and we're we're in the process of of. Uh, discovering what happens. So um, I, I know that this actually, the, all this research didn't start with LIBOR. Um, I think you were campaigning for this research to happen, period. Can you tell me about how you started making this happen from, from scratch? Well, initially, um, because I met um, the, the guys from Float Nation, uh, the, the documentary Carl guys. And Jory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And Jory was going through medical school I, I started the conversation with him, how, how would it work to work with the university to get a, get a uh-huh. research done? So I followed that uh, idea down, down the line, and it was going to take longer than it, it was uh, a very good idea to work with the University of Michigan, but instead, uh, the time involved was going to be too long, so I reached out to Justin. Okay, got it. Got Einstein. It. And he was receptive. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and where is the money coming from for this? For for the f- from from the uh, Epsom Salt Council. Okay. They're being incredibly generous. Nice. And and gambling really to to find. I mean, like all of us know. I mean, we all see anecdotally the benefits of it, but really they're they're kind of putting their necks out on the line to to find out if this is the case by fronting the money with the possibility of it. Well, it would be an. Uh, it would totally change the whole industry for them mm-hmm. if this is if this is proven. Right, that's a game changer, totally. Yeah, I mean, I believe they do really well, but the, you know, selling selling to drugstores uh, or Costco, you know, six pounds at a time mm-hmm. in bag, mm-hmm. selling a thousand pounds at a time to float centers, um, if if it really is obvious that you know between fifteen minutes and an hour. You know, you don't have to take uh, Epsom uh, magnesium supplements, right. and all you do is run around and and then float. You don't <laughs> you don't get osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're gonna be we're gonna be in business. And and may, I don't know if you know the answer to this or, or can speak any more on this, but my understanding is that it's difficult for the body to absorb magnesium through pills. Um, it it doesn't ingest and uh, disseminate throughout your body very well. Um, well, I don't know. The thing is, it's hard to. In, in order to test a magnesium, you know, you, you, you either use uh, blood or urine or more um, accurately, you, you test it in an organ or your bones. But, you know, when you're alive, oh. you're not going to want to do that. <laughs> right, right. right. So, so <laughs> like when you take a pill, um, uh, when you take calcium and magnesium, it's not it's not really great for the liver. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and is the assumption that if it is absorbed through the skin, it's just going to be more more gentle because it's not passing through the digestive tract? Yes. Cool. Um, so where are we at with, with the research? We're, we're going to be starting very soon. That's why I'm going out to uh, Tulsa. And we're going to let you know by summer or end of summer what, what, com- what Ooh, we come up with. Sweet. We'll have to have you back on. Nice. Um, and uh, what what stage of the the research are we at now? Was there a pilot study? Are we 
Is that on? Yes, the pilot study was complete, it's, and now we're it's getting started with the major study. Okay, cool. And so the pilot study, is that for a some sort of a positive result, or is it just for how do we test for this? And The pilot study actually helps uh, assess the the process the mo- the model okay. the the protocols okay and and uh, there was enough there to find for well, the full study well it gave study. us enough information on on uh, understanding what we need to do okay cool awesome um, very exciting and um, so you're uh, as of the airing of this show you are in Tulsa right now <laughs> what are what are you doing in Tulsa right now <laughs> well I'm gonna just um, help them create a, a fluid process working with the people that are coming in and out of the study, cool. getting them in to float. Mm-hmm. And also just taking a check, you know, um, spring cleaning, mm. seeing how, how the, the maintenance is going. Yeah. <laughs> um, Justin wants me just, you know, as, as somebody, as an expert to, to help him. Cool. So Excellent. I, I'm excited. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you too. And and uh, it didn't even occur to me until recently, but um, I, I assumed you had been down to Tulsa before, and um, I'm I'm so excited for you to be down there. I, I can't wait to talk to you again after you, you check it out because I, it was uh it was very Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland for me, just a whole another world and and a really exciting one. So I'll be excited oh, cool. to hear what you think about it. Moving on from the magnesium research, unless there's anything else you wanted to share. No. Okay. Cool. Not at the moment. Um, well, before we move on, I want to talk about the NSF next. But uh, before we do that, I want to give a, another shout out to our sponsor, the Float Conference. Uh, the Float Conference takes place where, where I'm located here in Portland, Oregon. And boy, is it an event. It's all weekend long and a little bit before and after. Um, it's the, the official dates are August 20th and 21st uh, for this year. And um, boy, it is special. Um, what I would encourage you to do to just take a peek at, at what you what the experience is like is to go to floatconference.com and just take a look at all the different speakers that have uh, spoken beforehand and that'll, they'll just give you a little idea of uh, what the content is going to be like at these conferences. And I mean, uh, it uh, only seems to be getting better year after year. Just the quality of speakers um, every single year is just uh, blowing me away. So I encourage you to check it out. Again, floatconference.com, August 20th and 21st. It's it's almost just a requirement to be there when you're in the float industry. There's just so much that you get out of it. So I highly encourage it. So uh, what is your, uh, first of all, can you tell me what the NSF is? Well, it stands for National Sanitation Foundation. Uh-huh. And it's a regulatory board. Uh, group that, uh-huh. that uh, creates, sta- uh, not standards, they create uh, certification right. for equipment. Right. And processes as well. Is that correct? No. No processes? Okay. Um, in order to, in order to uh, certify equ- the equipment, they, they, sh- they need to understand what the process is all about. But but it's really just about the equipment the, since they d- it's a learning process it's it's been a learning curve for <laughs> for all of us working with them mm-hmm. and and also for them working with us probably so for for anybody who isn't aware um a lot of equipment um that you're going to find uh throughout the country is going to have a NSF sticker on it and that means no no not necessarily can you explain? Um, NSF has worked with pool and spa industries okay. for a long time, and they 
they would like to work with the float industry. I, I believe in standards for float centers, which is FTA's responsibility. And so that's why people should join the FTA. And the NSF is going to only certify certain manufacturers' equipment that want that protocol. Right. And so um, what I was saying is in other industries, you're going to see NSF certifications on a lot of equipment. And what's happening is the... Um, basically they're moving into the flow industry and that was at the request of crash uh testing his what is it float lab float tank um he brought that to the nsf to get it certified um which is a nationally recognized label basically and it is although um not required by cities and states at the moment it is possible in the future um that uh products can be required to meet the standards that NSF products meet. So basically, while they don't write laws um, or create requirements, it's, uh, it has been the history that cities will adopt um, practices based off, based off of the NSF. Would you agree well, with that? Well, what I, what I agree with is that uh, cities and states have requirements, yet by default, if they don't understand the process and there's mm. not enough empirical data related to how sanitation works in and of itself, mm -hmm. they will automatically adopt, uh, adopt NSF procedures because it's mm -hmm. easy. Sure. Because they have a lot to do. Of course. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's why they need to be, it has to be sort of, sort of separated at this time and analyzed. And so what, what I'm trying to do with uh, FTA is create data sanitation data and so and float ons trying to help me and um zero gravity institute and uh oasis and samadhi we're trying to we're going to gather funds to uh create a process that analyzes how the how it really works so then we can communicate that with nsf so that then they would actually understand how the equipment should work. Interesting. So, so if they but understand But we're not how, there yet. If they do, yeah, if we do get to that point where they understand where, how it works, does that still mean that you have to get your maybe, float tanks? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Interesting. So uh, the way I thought you were going to go with that was once you get the information, then you can bring it to the cities and the states yes, and educate you them, can. which could potentially circumnavigate the NSF. Well, we're working with a few states okay. already, uh, officials that are helping us with this process. Cool. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, here's a here's a bit of a trigger question. Um, is NSF the enemy, or are they our friend? Um, I don't think they're either. Okay. I think they're looking out for themselves, as any mm. business does, um, and they're uh, they, they have mouths to feed. <laughs> sure. And I I don't feel like they're doing us any favor because they're going to make it quite expensive. Mm. To, to go on. For any manufacturer, it'll be like 40000 for each manufacturer, maybe every couple of years. Right. And if they do any change, any change modifications, they have to re go right. through the process again. And there's an annual fee. And I, I don't think, if you don't know what you're mandating, just because you want the certification companies to certify with you, you're not, you're not adding value. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's not, it doesn't enforce anyone to turn on the pump between each float. <laughs> sure. 
you know, I mean, there is always human error. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it's very, it's complicated. There's no easy solution here. And I, I, I would prefer if it was a win-win for everyone. Sure. Well, um, maybe I got ahead of myself, but what, what is your role in the NSF? Well, and, my and role is I'm I'm um, involved in the conversation. It's it's it is a public comment period, mm-hmm. but but um, I'm taking the role of of watching, observing, participating, mm-hmm. so that so that it's a po- it ends up being positive for the float industry because mm-hmm. I don't want it to close down. Sure. Sure. You know, I've been doing this a long time and I care about it. And so if they want to create value, make it real value. Otherwise, don't just put your stamp on something and make it hard for people mm-hmm. and, and, and it ends up busting it up again. Right. Yeah. I don't know that the industry is in a capacity where we could where float tank manufacturers could survive the, the pricing involved. I think that right. would cut a lot of um, people out, which is then bypassing innovation. It would, it would stifle a lot of innovation when this is really a time where we want to be able to um, kind of throw things at the wall, see what sticks, and, and not, not necessarily with customers in there, but in, you know, in their own workspaces yeah. um, and really, really experimenting. Um, and, and, you know, the, what's happening in, in the world, like in terms of water, in terms of sanitation, things will 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 develop. Will will become much more uh, ecological and important for health. Mm-hmm. And and we don't want to to just be stuck with using a certain type of infrastructure uh-huh. and and not being able to to make it uh, better because it's another forty forty thousand dollars right. a pop. Yeah, you know, that, so <sighs> that makes it, you know, it's like it, you get caught. Um, and gosh, if anything, um, so A, I don't think there are a lot of manufacturers getting rich off of making float tanks. I think float no. tanks are pretty, pretty dang expensive. But if you um, do charge that and they are going to per- continue making those tanks and continue innovating, that price is going right to the customer. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's being sent to and them. So we'll, we'll be paying for it as the float um uh, right and, and owners. E- exactly you'll have to raise your rates for the people coming in and right. so that will then cut down the amount of customers the right flow. yeah um how are things going with the nsf i mean this i feel like it's been going on for a few years now i've been part of yeah. many of those conversations and um i i find them quite uh i don't know if obtuse is the right word but i find it very difficult to um kind of get my foot in the door with those conversations like you said it is in public comment phase and um i i don't well can you can you tell me a little bit about the progress well we were on a pause for a couple of months and supposedly we were going to get a a all of the updates that we had all the like a, a, a culmination, a, a spreadsheet with everything changed or, or um, added. Uh-huh. And we, we have like three or four different documents. Um, and it still seems like we're going around and around mm. and around. And it's, it's very frustrating. Right. Um, if you could give us a deliverable date, just a random guess... How far Never. out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh well, uh, if the, if it if it's up to them, if it's what they want, it 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 would be soon. Sure. But um, even if if we come to an agreement on some things, 
it's still going to be an ongoing process for the rest of our lives. That's what they said. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Um, so call me naive, and, and maybe I, I should call myself naive on this, but I found it very odd at the float conference. Uh, Rich, Rich Martin came up from the NSF and uh, talked about what the NSF does, and it was incredibly educational. I, I highly encourage anybody to, again, uh, plug in float conference, um, go onto the website and, and watch his um, interview because it was very detail-oriented and uh, really um, uh, educated me, at least. But... Um, I found it very surprising that he announced that uh, Float Labs Float Tank was already certified um, when they didn't have a full list of requirements for what NSF certification would be. And I, I um, can you can you answer that question? I, I it's just confusing to me, and I know you're a little further. It doesn't down make the sense hole. to me either. And <laughs> okay. um, so that I guess we're. Uh, maybe we're unusual, Dylan. <laughs> well, what would, um, what would but, they but, say if, if I had Rich on the phone? Well, the thing is, we're going through the process now of what is needed. Mm-hmm. So whether whether he whether Float Lab passed certain tests, he may have to go through the process again. Mm. I'm not quite sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so let me let me play. I don't know if this is devil's advocate or just another point of view here, but um, is it possible that he just met all the requirements of yeah, your water is sanitary, it's breathable, there's no ozone in the air, there's no carbon dioxide or monoxide in the air, um, or did I? Anyway, um, it passes all this, and they said, okay, that's NSF approved. But then everybody else went in and said, hey, that's not the only way to do it. We can also do it by um, UV and hydrogen peroxide, or we could do it with ozone. Supposedly, the- supposedly, crash uses UV and ozone as well. Okay. Um, but there are differences between the way his float tank operates and, say, a Samadhi, correct? Not really. Would he agree with that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just trying to find out why. I mean, every, every float tank basically operates in a similar way. There's a filter system. There's a UV or an ozone. And hydrogen peroxide is used. Well, I guess what, I wanna, what I'm curious about then is why the NSF can say, crash, your tank is certified, but Well, he's using else... a certain pump okay. that's NSF approved. Okay, so if you swapped a in an filter? NSF pump? Well, I don't know. I mean, see, the thing is, it, all, it has to do with length of pipe now, and it has to do with um, uh, flow rates and uh, skimmers and you name it. Like, every little bit, everything that is involved in this structure is being analyzed right now. Okay. Was differently it... from before. Yeah, why differently than before? That's... I don't know, because we have a group of people that are now involved. Do you see my confusion? Do you, I, I, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Okay. All right. Um, I really want to see if I can get Rich on the phone here, maybe crash, because I would, uh, I'd love to understand this a little bit better. Because I know there are, are two sides to the story on this, and it's just, it feels one-sided currently to me, but I, I know that there's got to be another way of looking at it. So. Well, I don't think a lot of manufacturers want to go through this process. I don't know... Um, I, I don't know. I can't answer your questions about crash. Sure. Because I don't know the answers. I guess and it I doesn't just make sense to through me. all the meetings that it would start to make more sense of why no. one tank is approved and nobody else's are. Uh, well, I what I understand is that until we actually agree on vote 
on all, everything that we're talking about, uh -huh. there is no NSF certification. But there is. <laughs> you can go to the website and see. I know, but I don't. I don't know if that's. And, real. and it's weird because I, I went to the after the conference. I went on the, their website and I saw. Crashes tank is approved, but I go to their certifications and it says work in progress. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, okay, so confusing. listen, uh, I mean, what you read on the internet isn't always true. Uh -huh. um, I mean, you believe everything you read? I sure don't, but okay. I sure would like to understand so, things a lot better, though. Yeah, um, well, d we don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, moving on from the NSF, I want to talk about the FTA. And you, you were mentioning the FTA a little bit in um, how they want to help set guidelines um, for, for running a float tank and working with cities so, and so states. So we have – so the FTA has has uh, already the uh, U.S. float uh, standards, uh, how to run your float center. Okay. Basically, how to maintain it, uh, the schedule for maintenance uh, – which is accepted by health departments. Mm. Okay, we already have that. Mm -hmm. We're we're in the process of re uh, reviewing it, and in the next couple of weeks, it will be updated. This was three years ago that we did this, and uh, a bunch of health departments already. It's the only documentation you can find online. Okay. So, um, and what is the FTA doing today? Working on standards, working on sanitation, creating research. Okay. I mean, that's what I'm doing with in as my um, involvement with the FTA. Okay. And um, just to any of the listeners out there, uh, why should somebody sign up for the FTA? Uh, to be part of the community of, of and support the community of floating, support manufacturers support your own center support your interest in floating mm -hmm. we're, we're the only nonprofit uh, trade organization in this in this world for floating okay and so please please support us and, and uh, uh, how does somebody sign up uh, just go to the website uh, flotation.org okay and uh, become a member okay awesome cool is there anything else you wanted to share before we we call it a wrap well um, my company is Float Dreams. Oh, please. Yeah, thank you. And I um, have helped many of you out there, <laughs> uh, and lots of people know me, know us, and we'd like to uh, reach out to anybody who's starting this business to mm. be able to help you too. So you can give us a call at 415-595-3326 or email me, email us at Shoshana at floatdreams.com. Yeah, I didn't mention this earlier, but Shoshana was one of the first people we talked to in the industry when we were, uh, well, actually, she helped us purchase our, what we call our infinity float tank. And uh, she also was a critical help uh, in us uh, setting up our tranquility float tank when the water went super dark brown. Um, and uh, for her, she she just knew what what to do, you know, to, to get air on it. And she had us do a bunch of different things to help work with the water. And uh, so when we saw, set up our isopod tank uh, a few weeks ago and it started to go brown, I didn't even sweat about it. You know, I just ran that pump, had the filter in there, and I, I knew it was all going to get picked up and, and the water went clear in, you know, 48 hours. So um, that was uh, that was nice. So thank you, Shoshana, for that. And thank you for being being on our show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to hearing from you again um, when you get back from Tulsa. And um, 
if uh, if you'd like to uh, share any results that you can from uh, from the library research as well regarding Absolutely. magnesium. Thank you, Dylan. You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. 